Hello, and welcome to the Project Good podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Hilton. Project Good is a social impact podcast interviewing experts and advocates about the pressing problems that we face globally and hearing how they suggest we move forward in the future. The Project Good podcast is brought to you by Project Good Work. The goal of this podcast is to inspire people and organizations to develop a mindset that can move others to positive action regarding the complex social issues facing people and the planet. For August, we're focusing on happiness. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Bryce Johnson, who's a mindset coach, speaker, and the founder of Mindfully Motivate. He works to help people unlock a mindset that leads to a happier, successful, and more fulfilling life. He often tells people to take time to evaluate their habits to start the process of change and has weekly messages that make people feel empowered. Let's get into the interview. According to the latest happiness report for 2022, there has been an increase in interest in new and subjective measures when it comes to well-being. People in all societies have begun to evaluate their well-being over economic gains. The 2020 pandemic was a key catalyst to this change. Happiness is becoming so vital that governments are using it to develop and measure policies. Since it is estimated that about 60 to 70% of your happiness is controlled by your environment, Today, we are speaking with Bryce Johnson, who is a mindset coach and the founder of Mindfully Motivate. To learn more about the path to happiness and to create a massive transformations in life, welcome, Bryce. Thank you, Anne-Marie. I appreciate you having me and I'm excited to be here with you today. I'm excited to have you on and um, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, discussing happiness since it is becoming so um, incredibly important um, during these times. Um, but before we jump into the questions, I wanted to uh, get your answer and understand um, what inspired you to become a mindset coach. Yeah, so for me, I was in my mid 20s and was basically chasing everything in life that society had taught me would bring me happiness. And I was the exact opposite. I was incredibly unfulfilled. Um, I was chasing things like material possessions and clothes and cars. And I was looking for validation from external sources like friends and girlfriends. And I just woke up one day incredibly unfulfilled and incredibly confused because that's what I was led to believe was going to bring me happiness. And so I decided I had to make some serious changes in my life and started my personal growth and development journey. And after a few years of seeing drastic changes in my life, I realized I wanted to help others who were in the same situation. So that's kind of how Mindfully Motivate came about and how I became a, a mindset coach and a speaker. Okay, that's uh, that's cool that you had the experience um, uh, personally because you know one of the things I think that um, it's important when it comes to like helping others to um, sometimes have that same 
Um, you know, not, of course, you don't want to experience all the things, let's say, you know, for instance, <laughs> if you're dealing with like an abuse of victims and things like that, perhaps you don't want to, you know, have personally experienced that. But if you do, in, in those cases, still, it, it helps, it adds that layer, because you can really have, um, you know, empathy, and understand um, what that person is going through. And, you know, um, you know, help them get to that next level, because they see there's hope, because you've been there, done that, and, you know, and now achieved a whole different level in your life. Um, so, you know, one of the, the biggest things I think that people, um, you know, uh, think about um, on the topic of happiness is, you know, um, I think right now, uh, well, just in, in general, um, can you explain to us, I guess, why happiness is important in the first place? Yeah, so I think happiness is kind of the foundation for everything we do in life. And that doesn't mean we need to be happy all the time because that's actually not possible. We are always going to experience what I call less than favorable emotions or feelings. You know, we're going to experience sadness. We're going to experience anger. But I think happiness is one of those emotions that allows us to operate at an extremely high level, regardless of what we're doing. Okay. Um, so, you know, uh, happiness, you know, is, uh, I guess you would say then, um, uh, based off of kind of what you're saying is, uh, is our, our motivator for, for life. Um, and so that is, um, you know, a, a key, I guess it's like, um, our, our fuel. So, you know, being that we're humans, of course, we, we need to eat. Um, and so happiness then is the, the fuel, um, like, uh, food, I'm using it kind of a, both as an, an analogy, analogy and comparison here is that this, the happiness is the food to our spirit. Is that what you're, um, implying then? Absolutely. I, I believe <laughs> that. It, and, and I'll bring in another analogy that I like to remind, you know, some of my clients is that if you're not putting premium fuel in your, if you're putting premium fuel in your car, but not in your body, that you might want to consider reevaluating some priorities. And so happiness is some of that premium fuel. And, and what are we putting in our bodies? And that's not just food related. That's not just our diet. It's the entertainment we consume. It's the people we surround ourselves with. It's the activities we participate in on a daily basis that bring us happiness, that bring us that premium fuel and allow us to operate at that high level that I mentioned just a few minutes ago. Now, do you think like, um, can people like, uh, you know, um, there's so many, like sometimes, so many times when I talk to people, people are, um, think that their happiness is based off of things that are external. Um, and so if something happens to them, you know, that's great. Of course, you know, like, uh, well, that they win the, win the lottery or something, <laughs> um, uh, then, you know, obviously they're like, yahoo, yahoo. Um, you know, um, I just, uh, you know, won the lottery and my, I, my life is, uh, wonderful. Um, but can people control their happiness? Is happiness something that, um, you know, that you can uh, go out and get? Or is it deeper than that? Or uh, I guess ex explain, I guess, um, um, yeah. happiness. Mm -hmm. Re really good question. And so 
for me, one of the biggest keys or secrets to happiness is understanding that it's a choice. We can choose or find happiness in the most simple moments in life. It can be pouring that cup of coffee in the morning. It could be watching a you know father push his son on a swing in the park. It can be hearing the birds chirp in the morning or in the evening. And so, yes, people can absolutely control their happiness. Again, it doesn't mean we're not going to experience less than favorable emotions. And that's perfectly okay. But happiness to me is a choice. And this is why. Most people, I call it the if-when game. Happiness has become an if-when game. If I get the promotion, or if then, if I get a promotion, then I'll be happy. If I get the girlfriend or boyfriend, then I'll be happy. If I get a new car, then I'll be happy. So when we start to assign happiness to those external circumstances, we're basically telling ourselves that we are not going to be happy unless they occur. And so we have Mm -hmm. just given our entire power or our entire happiness component to something that we ultimately don't have control over. So that's why I, I like to make sure people understand that happiness is not if then. Happiness is right now. It's a choice that we can genuinely choose in almost each and every moment. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Um, you know, uh, I guess it's it's sort of... Um you know, having, it's the same thing kind of with, you know, give or take, of course, uh, where you are, um, you know, you have uh, different choices in life. And so, you know, um, I think uh, based off of a, a few happy, uh, they have a happiness report that actually has been running for, I think, uh, at least at least for 10 years. Um, and it was always surprising that sometimes some of the places that people were the, the most uh, destitute and, uh, you know, dealing with some, you know, tremendously different, uh, difficult uh, circumstances were the happiest people. You always saw them smiling, although they may have nothing um, from a, you know, material standpoint. Point. Um, so um, yes, yeah, so I agree with you that um, you know from what I've seen, you can you can choose to be happy. Um, and so I guess have you found that there is a you know a common thread with people who are happy versus people who are unhappy? Yes, I have, and I I, I like how you mentioned that happiness report because some of the happiest people in my life that I know don't have much. And some of the people in my life that have it all on paper are the most unhappy. And the common theme that I see amongst people who are happy is the fact that they fully embrace who they are. They're living as their authentic self and in alignment with who and what they believe. They they don't look to other people for that validation or for that approval when they're living their life. And that is by far the most common element that I see in people that are happy versus unhappy. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, so happy people generally are comfortable in their own skin. 
they understand that they're unique and they're not like everybody else and that that's perfectly okay. And they're not constantly looking outside of themselves to make sure, oh, does, does this person think I'm, you know, cool? Do I need their validation? Do I need their approval for the decisions I make in life? And so that's definitely among all the people I've coached and all the time I've put in, you know, to, to the personal growth and development world myself, definitely the biggest theme I've seen with happy versus unhappy people. Now, since you've mentioned, I guess, uh, you know, there's this thread of uh, self-acceptance. Would you say that is like the, the largest contributing factor of why there's a, a rise in unhappiness in, um, I guess, our, our society? Yes. Uh, I love that you bring that point in because we have been so conditioned by the media and by society in general to constantly compare ourselves to others, to constantly believe that we're not good enough. Whether, you know, we see these models or these Instagram ads, or, you know, we get caught in the scrolling and we go, oh my gosh, that person looks so happy and look at their car, look at their house. And, and we compare ourselves, but really we don't know what that person's going through or what they're feeling. We're just comparing ourselves to an external circumstance, situation, vacation, whatever it may be. And so when we start to compare ourselves to others, we really go down this rabbit hole of or spiral of negativity, and it becomes extremely detrimental, not only to our mindset, but to our overall happiness. Now, you know, I guess uh, there's a, well, there's so many, I was going to say there's a crisis, but there's so many crises, crises every, <laughs> every, every day. Um, so, you know, I'm sure you've, you, you're very aware um, and you probably have, uh, you know, uh, clients that uh, come to you that there is a mental health epidemic going on. Um, and so, you know, of course, I'm not a psychologist and uh, or an expert in any of those things. But obviously, um, you know, usually when uh, people are going to uh, seek help, it's because there is an element of unhappiness um, that, uh, you know, um, that they're dealing with. Um, you know, otherwise, I think people probably wouldn't go seek help. Um, and so why do you think, I guess, I, I wanted to see how you think like um, happiness and, and mental health are, uh, you know, correlating with each other. Um, do you have any insight into those areas? Yeah, so you're absolutely right with everything going on really in the world. Um, some of the changes that the pandemic brought along, it, it has created an express need or understanding for people to really approach their mental health and their mindset. And so that's the reason and really the foundation for everything we do in life, the way we think our mindset, and is the reason why I got into being a mindset coach, because you could have the best business in the world. It could be firing on all cylinders. Um, you could have everything you need in your home life. But if you're not taking care of your mindset and your mental health, you're not going to be able to appreciate those things. You're not going to be able to show up for your family or your kids or your employees 
in the right way. And so I think mindset or, or mental health and happiness are, are directly correlated. And I think it's because people are doing too much or, or, or are really they're doing too little of what brings them joy in life. And we've become so stuck in this societal hamster wheel where we go to work we, or we wake up, you know, we go to work, we come home, we watch Netflix, we eat dinner, we tuck the kids in or we hang out with our spouse and we do it all again and we live for the weekend and we're not doing enough of what actually lights us up. And that can be simple things. You know, people, oh, I don't have time for skiing or hiking or these things. And it can be little things. It can be, maybe I just went for a 20 minute walk today. Maybe I got to read a chapter or two in a good book. You know, maybe I got to work on an arts and crafts project or write a song. And so I think people need to get clarity and direction on what makes them happy. And I think that's where all of this starts. Does that, does that make sense? It, it does. Um, you know, I was going to say, uh, it, you know, you what you brought up about, you know, people are doing um, too much or too little um, about, you know, what, um, you know, makes them what lights them up. And so, you know, one of the biggest things I think we've obviously just experienced or uh, still experiencing, depending on where you are in the world, um, you know, this this pandemic. And so I think the pandemic gave people that break to step back and ironically, or I guess not ironically, because we do not control the universe, that it happened in the year of 2020 um, to give us a vision, <laughs> a clear vision of where we were going and you know what we were doing with our, our lives. And so I think the pandemic in itself gave everyone the chance to step back and say, what the heck am I doing? As is this, you know, bringing me happiness? Is it, you know, bringing me that meaning that I want in my life? You know, as I mentioned in the intro, that it's a it's a global thing now that people are looking at their happiness instead of even economic gains. So it's become so important. It's become vital. Like. Um, uh, you know, I think we were all experiencing, or at least I'll say the people who were awake, um, because there are some people who are still like, what happened? <laughs> um, uh, but for the people who were awake, I think they, they saw that we were all before this pandemic happened, um, running around like, you know, a bunch of chickens with our heads cut off and we were burning ourselves out. Um, I know that I felt that, um, you know, uh, that was one of the reasons I ended up going independent some years ago, um, because I was just like, who, who can do all of this stuff and have a life too? Like, I felt that you had to make, <laughs> you, you had to make a decision. Like, you know, do you want your life or do you want to like, you know, spend your time, you know, doing like nonsense and answering to do like, you know, a, a bunch of stuff that wasn't going to matter in five years. Um, and so, you know, uh, I, you know, I, I, I personally made that decision, but I think the pandemic brought that same decision to everyone. Like you've got to decide, are you going to continue in the same direction or are you going to start, uh, you know, uh, making an effort to do things that matter to you and maybe matter to the world? 
Um, and so one of the biggest things, you know, I think to help people kind of uh, sort through um, this, you know, uh, I'll say jungle of, uh, you know, of different things that are being uh, thrown at us is, first of all, can you define like what a healthy mindset is? Yeah. And, and before I do so, I just want to say that was so well said. And I commend you for your decision because a lot of people have reevaluated their priorities the last couple of years and decided mm -hmm. that, yeah, maybe I may take a little bit of pay cut in the interim or short term, but I'm happy, I'm fulfilled, and I'm doing something that really lights me up and building something that I believe in. And so I just want to commend you for that. And I think that was really well said. Um, Thanks. So, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. So what was your question there, though? I, I did. I just wanted to co commend you for that real quick. And, and anybody listening, you know, to this episode, don't be afraid to do that because your mental health is more important than any job ever will be. Um, I don't mean for this to sound disrespectful, and I've talked about this before, but companies will replace you very, very quickly. And that's just the nature of business. That's not disrespectful. It's not because they don't care about you necessarily. Um, it's just the nature of business. So always put yourself and your and your mindset and your mental health first and foremost. Yes, I 110% I agree. Um, I think one of the things, though, that is a hurdle for a lot of people and I think it, it became or it's becoming um, very uh, easy and plain for uh, people to see is that people don't know what a healthy mindset is because they have been in this, uh, you know, um, uh, they've been on the hamster wheel too long. Um, yeah. So so can you kind of let us know what a healthy mindset means and what it what it looks like? Absolutely. So a healthy mindset to me is being aware of everything in my diet. And, and I'm going to elaborate on that because most people, when they hear the term diet, think food and drink. But our diets are who we hang out with. It's the entertainment we consume. It's the type of music we listen to. It's the books we read. It's the, you know, it's, it's everything. It's all-encompassing. And so having a healthy mindset means that you are aware of what you are putting in your body, of what you're surrounding yourself with. And that doesn't mean don't have balance. I eat very healthy. I surround myself with very positive people. But I love a good cheeseburger or slice of pizza too. You know, I, <laughs> and so it, there, there is some balance there. But overall, having a healthy mindset to me is about being aware and intentional with what you do, how you do it, and and the effects that that has on your life. Yes, yeah, so I like that you um, expand the you know the the word of diet because um, you know the word diet I think just scares people very <laughs> much is, so because <laughs> people are like oh no I'm not gonna I'm, something's going to be taken away from me <laughs> that's the that's the first thing people think of is like something's going to be taken away from me <laughs> and nobody wants anything taken away from them um, and so you know one of the things about a uh, diet I think it's uh, you know it's it's important. Um, I see 
um, with everything that we're experiencing, the the people or uh, uh, that are experiencing the 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 most um, effect of this is the young people, right? Um, because the young people, uh, they, you know, it depends, of course, on their age. Um, but the, I guess the 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 really um, young people being like, uh, meaning like elementary students and things like that, or who are just, you know, um, coming into the world and just learning about, you know. Um, how to function and things like that, um, you know, experience, uh, you know, I'm sure you uh, heard some of the reports of some of the um, students, unfortunately, um, I think some, uh, you know, uh, ended up like there's, uh, I think one person who committed suicide and all these different things are happening to these, uh, you know, to the, to the kids um, uh, during all these different things that are happening. And so for young people, I guess, uh, why do you think, I guess, all these things are affecting them um, to, I guess, a, 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 you know, a, a great degree? Because I'd like to think that we, you know, um, shelter them a little bit. Um, but do you think that there is a, um, uh, a bigger um, effect being like, uh, even though, let's say, we're sheltering them, they feel it somehow? I guess, why do you think that young people are, are so unhappy? Like, I always thought being a kid was the happiest time because you didn't have any responsibilities. <laughs> I, I actually, I, it's so funny you bring that up because I actually have a really good answer for that particular question. And when I look back to my childhood, I'll be 30. I, I, I just turned 33. I'll be 33. I just turned 33. When I was growing up, I didn't even have a cell phone until I was 16 years old. So mm -hmm. screen time and the age of information, as I call it, has played a drastic role in why young people are unhappy. So as, as, a, as a young kid, when you're in that, you know, eight, nine, 10 into your teenage years, those are your most impressionable years. And with technology and social media, and what young kids consume, it has created a, an extremely negative feedback loop and, and that game of comparison. You have young girls constantly comparing themselves to supermodels and dieting and doing things of that nature. And you've, you see the bullying pick up. And um, I think a large part of the mental health struggle in young kids has to do with so much screen time and so much comparison. So like, I don't know about you, but for me as a kid, the only time we got screen time was after we played all day outside and maybe we were having a sleepover and we were watching movies or playing video games like late at night. But mm -hmm. all day, we didn't do anything like that. And now everybody is so plugged into their cell phone and so plugged into targeted ads and it is creating these mental health problems at much earlier ages. And oh, by the way, at ages where kids are, or people are by far the most impressionable. Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same era as you. So I, you know, um, we didn't, I didn't have a cell phone as a, as a kid. 
Um, so, you know, I didn't have that, that experience that, you know, now kids, you know, they're like five years old, already have a cell phone because their parents want to track them and all these things. Um, and, you know, and they, and some of them know how to use the, the phone better than I do. <laughs> um, and so, you know, um, so yeah, you know, I think they, they are, uh, definitely, um, taking on all these, um, uh, all these worldly troubles, um, before their mind can, you know, um, really process it. And then, um, you know, one of the things that I think, uh, Obviously, we've got, you know, the Internet, we've got the, you know, the, the TV, we've got, you know, uh, you can like uh, log into anything in, in seconds and find out what's going on and like, you know, places you never heard of before. Um, and so there's, you know, what I guess you would refer to as a bunch of noise is out there. Um, it's hard to, you know, escape. Um, one of the things is like, you know, you don't even have to go any, anywhere. A real vacation is just turning off everything and not having anything on. And it's like, wow, it, it is, it's, it's amazing. Um, you know, I had that experience, uh, right before the pandemic, um, my husband and I, we went on a, a trip to a place that had no TVs or phones in your rooms and you just had, and it was, uh, kind of, uh, and we, we went to Jamaica, so it was outdoors, um, and it was just like, you, you know, you, at the first you felt like you, you didn't know what to do with yourself because there was no phone to touch or any, you know, um, any technology, but then afterwards you just, you felt like you, you went off to a different planet. It was amazing. Um, so in all of this noise, how can people learn to hear themselves versus, uh, you know, these noises of society? Really good question. And I love that term noise because there is, there's so much noise in this day and age that we have to filter through. And especially at a young age, it's hard because, you know, most 13 year old kids on social media are following, you know, TikTok dance influencers and, and things of that nature. They're not necessarily following content or people who are adding value. Does that make sense? And mm -hmm. so um, it, it's filtering through that noise at a young age is hard. And I think some of that comes from parenting. Um, I think parents to a degree um, can have a little bit more of a, of a impact or influence or hand or role rather in, in guiding or steering their kids. And again, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not telling people not to enjoy those things. Life is about balance. Enjoy the TikTok dances and enjoy those things, but don't let them consume you. And so I think that's where the term balance really comes in when talking about filtering out that noise or, or, or that content that is not productive. And sometimes we need that. As human beings, we need to just sit down on the couch and put on a Netflix show and be mindless for a little bit. Mm -hmm. Or we need to pick up a good book and just do something, you know, maybe it's a, a, a thriller or a romance novel or something. So something that's just going to allow us to unplug and, and kind of get into something, you know, like I said, mindless entertainment wise. But I think it's about balance. I think that's the key to filtering out most of the noise and 
And that's what I would encourage anybody to do who maybe sometimes feels like there's too much noise going on is just to take a step back and, and figure out where they can bring in some new ideas or a little bit more balance into their life. Yes. That kind of leads me to, you know, I'm, uh, I guess, how shall I say I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm into being healthy, but not, uh, you know, over the top. So, you know, I, I do, I do like yoga. I, you know, I, I'm, you know, but I'm uh, not necessarily a vegan, but, you know, I try to eat, um, you know, healthy and things like that. Um, so there's this whole movement, especially here, I'm out in California. Um, so we always like to think we're ahead of the curve when it comes to uh, things like self-care and, you know, um, diving deeper into yourself. <laughs> um, and so there's this movement of mindfulness. And so, you know, in, in my thoughts, and this is sort of how I was thinking when I was thinking of this question to ask you, is that how do, um, you know, this movement, this movement of mindfulness and gratitude and boundaries and values, how does that all have to do with um, happiness? I guess first, maybe we should touch on the movement of mindfulness. And what does mindfulness really mean? Yeah, so that's part of where my my name came from in terms of mindfully motivate. And, and being mindful is just, again, being aware and being intentional. And so understanding that I can't eat a cheeseburger seven days a week, that's not good for me or my body. And I, I know I touched on it earlier. I love cheeseburgers. Uh, it's, <laughs> I one like of my cheeseburgers too. it's one of my favorite <laughs> things in the world, but I can't eat a cheeseburger every day. That's not good for my body. That's not good for my mind. And so being mindful really is just about being aware and being intentional. And so when you talk about things like gratitude or setting boundaries, that's what allows us to operate from a level of fulfillment or operate at an efficient level of energy. Because when we are not setting boundaries in our lives, our, it, is, it becomes very draining and very depleting both from people, both from circumstances, jobs. And so, yeah, mindfulness to me is just is being aware and intentional and, and, and doing things that serve us in a positive way. Mm -hmm. yes. And so, yeah, you, yeah. And, and you know, you, mm -hmm. I love how you, you mentioned yoga and meditation and, you know, another practice, a daily practice for me is journaling and these are not practices that are one-stop shop. And so I encourage people to do some of these things and to try them, but they're not for everybody. And I understand that. So one of the biggest ways to me for people to be mindful is to create routines that are simple yet effective. So for me, Every single morning when I wake up, I have the exact same routine. I don't touch my phone. I get right out of bed. I journal for a few minutes and I jot down a few things that I'm grateful for just to really bring some, some positivity and some good endorphins to start my day. And then I meditate slash do a little visualization. I do a little bit of breath work 
and I get outside and I move. I go for a little walk. Very, very simple. Doesn't take a lot of time, but it's highly effective routine that starts off each and every one of my days with being mindful and really sets me up for success. Wow. I love that. Like just, you know, I like that you keep your routine simple um, because, uh, you know, it could be just because of uh, where I live, but, you know, I, I feel a lot of pressure sometimes to be doing all of the stuff, you know, making sure you're, you know, uh, going and eating food from the farmer's market, um, you know, check out where your, your meat is sourced, um, you know, do your yoga um, get, you know, check out what you're, you're, you know, what you're wearing. And, you know, there's, I guess there's a lot of pressure here in California to, you know, be, um, conscious. Um, so, but I like that the fact that your, your stuff that you mentioned is practical, like anybody could, you know, jump in and do that tomorrow and not feel like, oh my gosh, at the end, like, you know, that they did a, you know, a marathon. Um, so I, I love that. Um, one of the other things, I guess, I, I wanted to ask you, if you were to tell, uh, you know, overall, this is a big question and it's, uh, you know, hard to answer because, of course, we cannot jump into each person's mind on the planet. But what do you think that people need more than ever in these times? Clarity. Clarity on what they want in life and who they are. And, and, you know, some people, okay, well, how do I get that? Grab a pen and paper and jot down some things that would be the ideal version of yourself. So if you looked forward six months from right now, what is the ideal version of you look like? What type of traits do they embody? What type of activities do they participate in? What does their family life look like? What does their career look like? And some of those questions, and, and this is a very simple activity, will give you so much clarity because once you can answer those, you can build a roadmap for how to get there. And that's what's really, really cool about trying to gain clarity. So that, that would be my biggest suggestion for, for helping discover that. I love that clarity. You know, I was thinking a bunch of things, but clarity, that's exactly because I was like that some everything that I was thinking in my head, I was like, oh, well, people need to take some time people to, but what they really need is clarity. And guess what? It was clear. <laughs> that was like, <laughs> I right? was like that, yes, because I was like, it's so simple. And that is, you know, um, I think, uh, you know, when you said that, I was like, that is the thing that uh, is holding a lot of us back is that we have so much in our minds of like, you know, we should do this and this is this is going to make me, you know, make me feel for, more fulfilled. This is going to get me to happiness. This is going to do this. This is. But really, it's a simple answer. We just need clarity to step back and say, OK, I see it now. Um, I love that answer because that is exactly what each and every person does need on the planet. Um, because we have, uh, you know, we are living in a time of uh, confusion. <laughs> Very. So, yes, yes. So clarity yeah. is, is yes, you hit it 
you hit, uh, as you could say, you hit it on the, the head on the nail or the nail on the head. <laughs> I'm always bad at those kind of uh, things. <laughs> the nail on the head. The nail on the head. The nail on the head. But I knew what you meant. And yeah, that's, yes. if you ask most people what they want in life or what their next six to 12 months looks like, or the, I, the most common answer is, I don't know. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. And so that right there is a recipe for unhappiness. Because if, if you don't know what you want in life, how are you going to get it? If you don't know what the ideal version of you looks like or what makes you happy, how are you going to obtain that? And so it, there's, a, there's a saying, um, you know, the archer, when he pulls back his arrow, he goes to fire. If there's no target in front of him, what's he going to hit? He's just firing arrows downrange. But when he's got that target in front of him, and he knows what he's aiming for, it makes it much easier to hit. So we have to get that clarity on our life in in every aspect, who we are, what we want, what we believe, our core values, our family life, everything, what's important to us, what our non-negotiables are, what our negotiables are, what our boundaries are. And, And that by far... Um, clarity is is what changed my life a few years ago when I got into this um, business. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, beautiful. I'm definitely I'm tucking that in my mind every time I think <laughs> to overthink. All I need is clarity. Um, and so I guess in in thinking of people who have heavy minds, I wanted to um, touch on a few um, uh, tips for people who are, um, you know, in this time or have been um, in their lifetime uh, dealing with depression. Do you have any uh, fresh tips of uh, ways that people can deal with depression? I I do, actually. Um, I don't know if they're fresh, but I just, I personally don't think they're talked about enough. And I think a lot of people don't understand the impact that healthy food and exercise have on depression. And so I encourage people to start simple, start small. If you're experiencing depression, start by throwing a few extra greens or pieces of fruit into your diet. You don't even need to eliminate anything. Just start start maybe with a green smoothie. Start with a couple extra pieces of fruit a week. If you're not somebody who exercises, you don't have to jump into the gym and start bench pressing or taking that spin class right away. Go for a 15-minute walk outside. Little things like that have such a drastic impact on our mindset and really are depression coping mechanisms that are free and simple. And so that's always where I tell people to start. And even just after a couple weeks, you'd be amazed at the changes you feel in your body and your mind just by starting small in those two areas. Yeah, I like, I like that. Yes. I think we, we forget that, um, you know, uh, what I'll say, get moving, um, really does, uh, you know, does work because, you know, it changes, um, it, it changes your, your mind because, you know, when you're doing something, you're in that moment. And so, uh, you know, you're concentrating and you're focused on what you're doing at that moment and your all your other thoughts, uh, tend to, you know, um, evaporate because you have to concentrate on what you're doing. 
Um, so uh, that's a, a, a easy and wonderful tip. Um, and I wanted to find out now this is uh, getting a little bit more uh, personal in, in, in what you're doing. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the direction that you're going with uh, Mindfully Motivate and, you know, uh, just about your company in general? Absolutely. So Mindfully Motivate started as an entity to help people, um, as you kind of mentioned in your intro, live a happier, successful, more fulfilling life. And that's through the foundations of mindset and self-care and love and habits. And so for me, I was chasing things that society told me I needed to be happy. The cars, the clothes, the beautiful girlfriend, all of these things and I was so unhappy and so unfulfilled because I didn't love myself. I was always seeking external validation. I was always looking for outside sources to make me happy. When all along, each and every one of us have that within. And so Mindfully Motivated started as my own personal growth and development journey. And a couple years in, I realized I had a gift to be able to connect with other people. And so I really wanted to help others. And so right now I, I work with clients one-on-one -on -one, and I will soon be launching group coaching, uh, a podcast and my website so that people can really connect with, me, connect with me on different levels and different offerings. And that's, that's why I'm so passionate about what I do is because I've made my mess my message. I've mm. been in the trenches. I've been unhappy. I've been unfulfilled. I've been the person that has chased things that ultimately didn't matter. And so that is really the, the short story of, of how Mindfully Motivate came about and why I am where I am today and why I'm so passionate about helping people. Yeah, I love that. I love, you know, I always love when uh, people turn, you know, something that was a challenge in their own life into, uh, you know, something that uh, helps change the world and change people. Um, and I always say change the world because people are the world. Um, so, uh, you know, if we keep changing uh, individual by individual or helping them be their best uh, best selves, um, it, it makes a difference because we don't know, you know, who they're going to touch, but we know that um, there's a ripple effect. Um, so that's uh, um, so I'm always uh, so happy when I hear people are taking uh, the challenges that they have experienced and turn it into um, something that, um, you know, uh, uh, spreads hope. Um, so, uh, yeah, so happy to have you on the podcast, as I mentioned before. Um, <laughs> Grateful to have joined you today. I enjoyed this conversation. It was very fulfilling. And, you know, hopefully everybody listening was able to take some good nuggets away from this one. 
Yes. And so I have um, one last question. Uh, it's going to be kind of a, a two part uh, question. So I'm asking two questions in one because I was like, let me wrap it up. But let me like, uh, but I want to get more out of you because I've enjoyed our conversation. Um, and so I wanted to know two things. Um, what's the most important thing that you have learned about happiness? And how do you define happiness? Yeah, so the most important thing I've learned about happiness is that if you are constantly searching for it, you will never catch it. Or if you are constantly chasing it, you will never catch it. It is not something that comes from external sources. It is something that you choose in almost each and every moment. And so that would be the biggest suggestion and, and lesson I've learned of ha about happiness is to not attach it to external circumstances, places, people, or things. So um, that answers the first part of your question. Uh, and the second part of your question again was what, Anne-Marie? It is, uh, what is happiness? Yeah, and, and, and again, happiness is, it's just a choice. It's, it's, it's being present. It's being in the moment and enjoying what is in front of me right now. That's why I think I'm, you know, it's that, it's that cup of coffee pour in the morning. It's the kid swinging on the swing with his dad. It's, we get so focused on the future or we get so stuck in the past that we forget about the beautiful moment that is right now. And, and that, those two lessons about happiness um, and, and my definition of them and, and what they mean to me are really some concepts that I've had changed my life and that I've also been able to help change others in really positive ways. Wow, so I love I love that. I you know I've really enjoyed our conversation because I've liked that you have um, you know woven your own experiences and also things that you have um, observed in, in society. And so um, I hope for all the people who are listening that uh, this has been um, uh, helpful and given you um, hope that if you are on your journey to happiness, um, that this will uh, start to give you a, a path to uh, follow. Um, so thank you, Bryce, for your time and insight. Uh, to learn more about this topic or Bryce Johnson, you can find him on Instagram at Mindfully Motivate. If you have a passion for an unserved community, a social justice problem, or want to change minds, contact Project Good Work at projectgood.work to start your project of change today. Subscribe to our mailing list at projectgood.work. Subscribe to get our episodes and articles sent to you each month. Plus, if you subscribe, you get 10% discount on any project forever um, with uh, Project Good Work. Uh, so you can go to our website at Project Good Work. That's projectgood.work. To our listeners, thanks for tuning in to Project Good, where we're focused on what matters. Thank you. Thank you.